0: Welcome to Sex Chat for Christian Wives,
1: where four marriage and sex bloggers discuss the naked truth.
2: What does God really want for the sexual intimacy in our marriage?
0: I'm Jay Parker of Hot, Holy, and Humorous.
1: I'm Chris Taylor from The Forgiven Wife.
2: I'm Gay Christmas of Calm, Healthy, Sexy. I'm Bonnie Burns of Oyster Bed 7. I'm thinking of a number. Can you guess what it is? I'm thinking of a number, and it is the number two, because it takes two, baby. So I am thinking of the number, and it is two, because it takes two, baby. And it's sex chat for Christian wives' second anniversary. Woohoo! Woo! Yay! We just want to let you all know how grateful we are for you for considering us worthy of your time. And, you know, when we started this podcast two years ago, we came to it as, you know, acquaintances. We kind of knew each other. But after two years of talking about sex with three other women several times a month, you become really good friends. So (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say that I'm really grateful for Jay, Gay, and Chris and their friendships. But what would you all say you're grateful for?
0: Oh, I am just Grateful when I when I look at our numbers, it's not it's not the numbers that I've, makes me feel like oh look at us, look at our numbers. But when I look at at the number of people who are listening, and I look at the number of iTunes reviews we have, and I and I see what people are saying, it just reminds me that this is making a difference. That it's it's reaching the people out there that we really wanted to reach, and I'm just very grateful that this podcast has found the audience that we wanted it to find.
1: I've been really grateful for the reviews, not, not just for the ratings, but for some of the comments that we've gotten. And every time I see a woman say, I feel like I'm sitting right there with you and you're real and you're authentic and you've made such a difference that touches me. Yeah. I,
3: I really appreciate also the friendships that we've made as Bonnie said. And when people say, when women say in an email or a review, I just feel like I'm listening to friends sit around, you know, chatting about this. I really, that really makes me happy because that's what we were going for, you know. I mean, it's not, mm-hmm. we don't have a four podcast with four people because it's easy or convenient. We have it because <laughs> no, it's not <laughs> no, mm-hmm. technically easy. Uh, you know, we have it because we wanted to create that vibe of mm-hmm. Christian women being able to sit around and chat and laugh and discuss serious and funny subjects related to sex.
0: And and I think one of the reasons also that we like that is I feel like we are mirroring or, or mirroring. We are touring uh, mentoring, mentoring. Modeling. We're, we're modeling. That's the word. We mm-hmm. are modeling what we think that people can do wherever they are. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to keep listening to us, but also go find your own circle of friends and, Gain wisdom from other people in your life and support each other,
2: mm-hmm. and find out you're not alone. That oh. everyone's going through the same kind of thing.
1: And and I want to say I'm really grateful for one of the emails we got recently. We get a lot of special ones, but this one stood out. Listening to our podcast helped the sex in her marriage so much that it led to a little person. And so she <laughs> sent us a picture. She sent us a picture of her adorable baby. And no, obviously we can't take credit for that, but that doesn't mean that we don't want to. But I just, no, bet no, you that know, I loved you know, that.
2: The next one will. The next picture that'll come, one of them will be named after us.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh yeah.
0: No one is naming their child after me, just some <laughs> stray letters sitting out there. Here's my baby, Jay. <laughs> Doesn't it have the rest of a name? No, all we can afford <laughs> is one letter.
2: So today, we are just going to hit some of the top tips for sexual intimacy from the past two years. So we'll just be recovering or revisiting some issues. Not issues, we'll be revisiting some really fun things, so stay tuned. (laughs) You know, we hear from a lot of women, and there is a resounding theme. Aside from relationship issues, the top three things that affect sex drive are body image, stress, and lack of time. So ladies, which of these three speaks the most to you, and what's
1: your fix? That's changed over time. For a long time, for me, it was body image and all the baggage that came with that. Um, but once I dealt with that, and in this season of life, stress is the big one. So I've been trying really hard to go out and move every day and eat a little healthier. We've had a lot of snow here lately, so I've been making sure that I do some of the shoveling work, even though I really don't want to, but... Um, that does help, you know, just doing something physical does help. And I know I have to sometimes remind myself a little extra that stress will be helped by sex. So even if I'm not thinking that I'm relaxed enough to enjoy sex, I know that that will be a result.
3: Yeah. I think all of those are big, uh, you know, for all of us, I think about the lack of time is what I would have tried to do for myself and what I would encourage other women to do is to be more intentional about their time and energy. I think there's, uh, we were even talking about this among ourselves before we started that it's very easy to commit yourself and say yes to too many things. And I think uh, a lot of women kind of let their schedule happen to them rather than, being intentional and setting it. So I would like to encourage women who feel that lack of time is the biggest impediment to really stop, you know, look at how your time and your energy are being spent, t- You know, talk with your husband and see if you can come up with a better plan for your family so that you have some time and energy left over for your marriage.
0: Yeah, I... I would answer that all three of these kind of plagued me when I was, um, earlier in my marriage, especially when I was a young mom. (laughs) So, um, but some of that, you know, I've kind of, even though my body doesn't look as good in some ways as it did 10 years ago, I'm actually much more comfortable in my skin. Um, I've really made some efforts in that and embraced I am and feel good about that Um, so I think stress and lack of time are the ones that maybe still have some some issues for me and what I have found for that is that on the time sex other times of the day what I found out is that for a while we were just like doing all the other things and then sex was what we did when time was left over and we figured out well there are other times we could do this especially when the kids were teens we started making love in the late afternoon or evening while the kids were you know watching your show or playing video games with their headphones on and um, it was much better deal for us we were far more energized then and then for stress this took me years to learn and it is that I used to think well I'm super stressed so I need to go have an escape time and I just need to be you know go escape somewhere have a girl's night out you know have a a bubble bath or whatever, which is fine if that's what refreshes you, but that may not be what refreshes you. And so you need to figure that out. Like going and exercising is probably more likely to refresh you than doing a movie night. Um, so just finding what it is that refreshes your soul that can really release that stress. Well, for me, I think, um,
2: the stress and lack of time, uh for my stress, I had to figure out, like Jay said, I had to figure out what was the key to, like, releasing all that tension. And for me, it's listening to music. It's actually singing as well. It's dancing, which can be exercise. Just, But just music while I'm cooking dinner. I turn on the radio, and that just kind of de-stresses me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the lack of time—I mean, totally what Gay says: be intentional, prioritize, and that's—it's the prioritizing—is how I became the queen of sex scheduling. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> it's—it's like how long will it take before Bonnie hits <laughs> sex
1: scheduling? That's so awesome that you have one thing that you know works.
0: Yeah, and
2: and I'm not as much of a stickler as I used to be. It used to be every certain time, I'm not going to tell you when, but it was every <laughs> certain time, you know, come on, and I drag him in there because it's time, but
0: <laughs> poor guy, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, we he feel so bad so... for your husband, not, not, <laughs> but
2: now it's more relaxed, you know, we kind of talk about our schedule through the week, and if he's traveling, how are we going to work around the travel, and it's it's a lot more loose than it used to be. But at least it is really, it's still high on our radar. It's something that will be one of the first things discussed when he gets home from a from a business trip. Mm-hmm. So just being very intentional.
1: Our schedule revolves around our son's work schedule because he still lives with us. And it's just a lot more enjoyable to wait until he's out of the house. So. Our sex schedule is really my son's work schedule.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. It works. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only a season, you know, it's not forever. Eventually he'll move out. Let's go on. Let's revisit female sexual response. So what does this phrase mean to you ladies?
1: But the thing is that, you know, for so long, I thought, that if, because my sexual response and sex drive didn't look like my husband's, that that meant that either our relationship was broken or I was broken. And realizing that my sexual response wasn't necessarily supposed to be like his was liberating because all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is not a sign of a problem. This is just information that now we know what, what helps me it it was freeing it made such a huge difference and you know there is something wrong that people get to be adult
3: married women like us <laughs> like us <laughs> marriage bloggers and podcasters and that we still think that there's something wrong with us if our response is not the same as a man there is something wrong there is a huge information gap there
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
3: yes there is
0: I, yeah, to me, this, this idea also that, you know, that most wives become physically aroused after they begin the physical affection or sexual activity. I, I find it's one of the things, cause y- y'all know that I have been talking a lot with higher-drive wives lately. And um, this is one of the things that that when people say stuff to them, like, okay, well, so you're the high drive spouse, all you need to do is just read the regular stuff and just flip the script, just put yourself in the, in the spot of the husband. And it's like, you can't because there's still women and you still, I mean, there are high drive women who are like, they want to have more frequent sex, but when they actually get into the bedroom, they still have a female sexual response. It still is this process with their bodies. And, and so they're like, it just doesn't work. You can't just flip the script.
1: Yeah, I always thought there was something wrong because I didn't just want to have sex, like, physically. You know, like, when we were first married, I could look at my husband and, you know, his, his interest in sex was quite visibly obvi- obvious. And he would say, well, don't you want to have sex? And I'm thinking, well, my body doesn't seem to be doing any of that right now, so apparently not. <laughs> That's what needs to be in premarital counseling packets, in programs. We need to teach people about what women what female sexual response is like, so they don't feel they're broken
0: and i and I'll also say that so when I was dating and i I dated more than I should have, and um kissed more frogs than I should have, so but <laughs> I, you would think that it worked that way, the princess that I am, <laughs> but um no no <laughs> so uh but it but it just I just had many times where, you know, I was, sex was off the table, but we were doing a lot of kissing, a lot of making out, a lot of this, this and that. And so I did have this desire to have sex. And so I thought that was my sex drive. I didn't even realize necessarily that it would be different when I got married and and the context changed. And I think this is why some husbands too are like, well, she seems so raring to go before we got married and then after we got married, she just wasn't as, as in the mood. And it's like, well, dude, you were wooing her and kissing her and holding her hand and doing all the physical, affection, sexual, mm-hmm. foreplay things that get her there. And you can't just look at her now and go, okay, get in the mood.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: right, right ready, because no, there no,
2: is right, let's go <laughs> there is so much emphasis put on the wooing and that's what you're thinking of all the time too as the woman you're thinking of being with him you're thinking of those kisses you're thinking of that but after you're married how much do you think about that how much do you think about the kissing and the and the, the sweetness and when you're when you're overwhelmed with you know the little kids and the laundry and if you have a full time job all of that gets in the way after you yeah. get married. So it's it's not that you were lying to him because I think sometimes the husbands do feel like they've been baited and switched. You yeah. know, they've been, but no, oh, that's not what's happened. The whole context has changed.
0: Yeah, we didn't know either it was going to happen no. that way. <laughs> like, no. We're just as surprised as you are, guys.
1: <laughs> and not only do you have less time, but there's more to unwind from. You know, shutting my brain down enough to relax, to be able to have sex. But, you know, when I had little kids and a full-time job and bills to pay and church responsibilities, it's like I had more to have to unwind from. So I had less time at the same time as I needed more wooing and relaxation. I, I took on too many things. I mean, I can look back now and see all the things that I could have done differently that might have helped, but... Right. Yeah. So
2: so the basic basically what we're getting at, ladies, is that the female sexual response isn't automatic. We don't just think about sex and we feel steamy and spicy. It, it's it's a longer process, especially after you're def- dealing with all the responsibilities of marriage. So anyways.
3: And if you do, that's fine. I mean, yes, probably, yes. Probably a small percentage of women. Yes, do, But yes. But yeah, and, and I would, the most of us do not.
0: And I would say, I've gotten this question too, when people go, well, why is it like that? Why is he just ready and she takes longer? That's like this, why did God even create this mismatch? And I would say that, you know, all of these things are opportunities for us to learn and grow and be more generous toward one another. And well, if it was all it his way or all her way, it just wouldn't, it, it's the joining of the two, the coming mm-hmm. together in between that really makes us grow as people and have to show more love. And technically it's probably the testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what she said. Yeah. That was that was the nice scientific answer.
2: <laughs> so now that we know that, we know what the female sexual response is, how do you navigate it in a marriage? When you're trying to bring a mismatched sex drive marriage together to blend that, how do you how do you do it?
1: One of the things that was really helpful to me was to be able to tell my husband that the words, do you want to have sex, do nothing for me. And neither does I'm horny. But I was able to tell him, these things don't help me, but what, I, what does help me is things like, I want to feel close to you, or what can I do to help you be interested in having sex? Really giving him a chance to kind of create the things that do help me That was a big thing for us.
2: For us, it was just having more conversations. Um, At that season in our life when we were having a hard time meeting in the middle, Dave wasn't a big talker. And then Dave got a job in business development, which means that he had to go sell stuff. He practiced a lot. And actually, the practice of his work, he brought home. So conversations got a whole lot better. And I know not everybody's going to have to have their husband have a new job. But um, if conversation is important to you and he's not a big talker, that's something you'll have to work on and figure out how to prime the pump.
0: Yeah. So I my thought is that you need to uh, show your husband some resources that back up what you're saying. We've all talked about this on our blogs. And so maybe we can also link to some of those um, resources and then um, when you're in the moment, tell him what you actually need to get you going. Um, you know, be be specific and explain that you need more wooing, more touch, more whatever. And then finally, and this is going to sound like a shameless plug, but honestly, there is more than one chapter in my book, Pillow Talk, which can help you explain to your husband how your body works differently from his. It gives you the opportunity to have that conversation and talk about your differences and explain what works for you.
1: I want to back that up with this, this is not a shameless plug for your book. Oh. It, it's not shameless at all because your book does do that. It, having those conversations is hard. But your Thank book helps. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much. And speaking of pillows. Oh. Uh-huh we want to pause here and thank our sponsor (laughs)
0: yeah we go from pillow talk to pillows that's really that's really good so our sponsor for the
2: past two weeks you've probably noticed is infinite moon and we've had a couple of like i said a couple of recent spots but this week we want to talk about our personal experiences with the pillow because we each were given one so chris you've used the pillow what do you think
1: It is the best pillow of my life, and I am not just saying that because there are sponsors. I've had sleep problems my entire life, and one of the things that happens is it takes me a long time to fall asleep, so I'll lie there for an hour or two or four trying to fall asleep, and the pillow hasn't fixed that. But the other thing that I've had problems with for probably about 10, 15 years at least, is that I wake up multiple times in the middle of the night. And I had gotten to a point where I was sleeping, like with three different pillows, trying to prop my head up, and I would still wake up. Mm -hmm. The very first night I used my Ever Pillow, I used just that one pillow, and I did not wake up until the morning. It was like, I I can't even remember the last time that happened. And it's been like that ever since. So I am... More rested than I have been in years.
2: Which means you have more rest for sex.
1: More energy for
0: sex, (laughs) that's right. So which which one did you get? Um, I'm a side
1: sleeper, so I got the curved, they have a couple different options, and one is the curved, has a curve that really provides really good neck support, and that's the one I have, and I love it. And again, oh. thank you. I'm so happy to be <laughs> sleeping all the way through the night like I'm a baby again. <laughs> Yay.
2: Yay. I got the side sleeper too, and it's been awesome as well, but I'll tell my, my little story next time. So, and you know, we're very picky about our sponsors for the podcast, but we've been really impressed with this company and the pillow. So if you go onto our website, you'll see a link to their, to their, um, website and if you use sexchat10 you'll get 10% off
0: your order and,
2: and we also infinite
0: moon infinite moon ever pillow right no it's infinitemoon.com i think it'll oh but it's the ever pillow Infinite uh, infinitemoon.com
2: okay mm-hmm. so now back to our discussion so let's let's talk about something a little lighter So a cheap and easy way to ramp up bedroom spice is to realize that sex doesn't have to be serious. What is one way to lighten it up in the bedroom or out of the bedroom because one spills over into the other?
0: So I think if you can get a clown wig. (laughs) No, that would be on the lingerie show. Never mind. that. (laughs) That was the wrong idea. <laughs> my my idea is actually um, that I, a lot of people don't know how to do this. And so one of the things that can kind of help you is getting a bedroom game. Um, we actually played one bedroom game years ago that helped us kind of learn how to be lighthearted and even silly. And it's a good way to open that up because you're not coming up with to do yourself. You're doing what the game says. Like, I mean, I, there was one of them that was like, you know, doing a dance for your spouse. And it was just in, – in, anyway – Let's just say one of us in our marriage cannot really dance, so this was an interesting <laughs> thing
3: no names
0: uh, no <laughs> names um but yeah, and so it just kind of takes some of the pressure off, but you're still engaging with each other, and I think most people who kind of play a game end up laughing a little bit and if we have um anyway, so that's just a good a good thing to start with, maybe mhm, yeah, I think.
3: You can just do little things like, um, you know, just change something up. Like, have you ever just turned your pillows around and had your head at the feet of the bed, you know, just so you're, Mm -hmm.
1: like, upside down on the bed? It's amazing how exotic and erotic that (laughs) seems. Yeah. (laughs)
0: I'm it's sorry like, my inner OCD person is like, what? What? Can you do that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. get a
2: different vantage point. You could even point.
1: put the pillows off the bed and go crossways. Ooh. Mhm.
2: Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a uh, position for that on Christian friendly sex positions. It's called packing the suitcase.
1: Wow, that sounds kind of extreme. Wow. But it's
2: on
3: us. it's on the side of the bed.
1: Wow. Yeah, you can just change up a
3: little, just little things, you know, put your pillows on the floor and put down a blanket or
1: just or not small
3: small things or
1: add music if you don't normally Mm -hmm. have music or... One of the things I've suggested to some women is to switch the order around. So if you have a usual, like we do this and then we do this and it's this five-step process to sex, switch steps three and four and see what happens. So Mm -hmm. you're doing the same thing. You're not... If you're not ready to add new positions or anything, but just do things in a different order than usual, and that feels a little—I just made up a number. Jay's trying to count and think. No, I'm kind of like, can we actually count the steps that we do? I don't know how it works. (laughs) Well, sometimes people can. And I had a season in my marriage where we had a very clear step-by-step process, and that was one of the things that helped me get out of the rut. At this
0: age, though, we're kind of at the point where it's like, and step five is one of us gets a leg cramp. And then step six is we laugh it off and recover. <laughs> What's your idea,
1: Bonnie?
2: Oh, I was hoping I'd something would come to me as you guys are all talking.
1: <laughs> Scheduling. So, uh, scheduling's not real fun. Actually, so that's what you do is you sometimes have unscheduled sex. Oh. So, right yeah. there.
2: You're welcome. I don't know if I could. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I know that's fixing know. it up. All right. Fun, um, you know. If you use lubricant, use a different kind. Or, but but really, my thought was to have a lighter heart. You know, not. And so, how do you laugh it off? I mean, think. I think part of it is you just decide that you're going to go into this session. And be sillier fun. and have fun. You just decide yeah. to have fun.
0: I mean, I've, I I love some of the ideas that people have, have said. Like somebody said that they had like a Nerf gun fight for sex or they, you know, there's things like, you know, you can play, pull out your Twister game and play Naked Twister. I mean, there's a game for you right there. Um, <laughs> you know, you can do body paint with each other. I mean, that's a lighthearted thing. There's just, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of little things. And we, I think we all have ideas on our blogs of things that you can do that are just a little more lighthearted and fun.
1: Invite your husband to catch you and then run away. And play tag, oh. play tag, tag throughout the house. Or hide huh? and seek.
2: And then when he finds you, oh, there you go. Play hide and seek. And wherever he finds you is where you got to do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, hide so be sure wherever you hide. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. My clown wig idea is not looking so bad now. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think we, I dropped yeah. the ball here. Compared to sex in the pantry, that was pretty good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, now I now if I go to Gay's house, I can't eat anything she serves. <laughs> I can't it. Pantry, if it came out of
1: the freezer, fine. But if it was in the pantry, the no, pantry, no. <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> because I know what you do in your pantry. <laughs> no. no, I just was saying that for the hide and seek. Like you can't, yes. you know, hide in your pantry. <laughs> oh, some some pantries can. are big. But it'd be hard on the floor. It would. Hey, well, ouchie.
1: Put some bags of flour down. <laughs> oh, yeah. No canned goods. Okay. Good. Okay.
0: goods. <laughs> Dog food. We're clearly, we're clearly out of ideas. <laughs> <Yeah, okay.
2: laughs>
1: so you all better sorry. figure out your own because yeah, clearly you no, cannot sorry. count on us. Uh, yeah, and
2: if you have some really great ideas, please leave them in the comments. Yeah, I think yeah, we need please.
1: help. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
2: let's move on. So. You all listening may not think the Bible is the best place for sex advice, but we do, so because God's design is the best. So, girls, what biblical principle or biblical piece of advice changed your view of sexuality for the better?
1: Well, for me, it was something that didn't even have anything to do with sex exactly. It's um, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5. It's the one that says, love about love. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. And for me, for so many years, I was keeping a record of wrongs, of my husband's wrongs. And I was very self-seeking and very self-centered in every aspect of our marriage. And what I found was as I addressed those areas of my heart and other aspects of our marriage... It started to change my views of sexuality and sex. It was easier to be thinking in terms of generosity and not keeping score and not what he deserved. So not really a sex first, but it was something that really working on that in other areas of my heart really changed sex for us.
2: Well, because the bedroom needs to be full of grace and full of humility and full of all those things or it's not mutual and intimate. So you were working on the foundation of your marriage bed.
0: For me, I think what really kind of was in the way when I got married and things that were going on is that I carried this label in my head of who I had been with my premarital promiscuous past. And I felt sometimes like things, when things didn't go well, that it was just, I was getting my just desserts and that I just wasn't, maybe there was something wrong with me because I liked sex and um and I and was I just that same person as when I had been doing things before and I just didn't make that transition of this is this is the place where God wants me to really enjoy this experience and unravel in this. And but what kinda got to me is and this was really the verse that changed it all, the passage changed it all for me it was first Corinthians um six nine through eleven and it says uh neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers nor men who have sex with men nor thieves nor the greedy nor drunkards, blah 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 but basically it was the neither the sexually immoral nor all of them will inherit the kingdom of god and that is what some of you were and it finally hit me that that was the past tense but you were washed you were sanctified You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. And so that really helped me to understand this. The slate was clear. I was, God wasn't wishing me. He was saying, okay, I know what you did before, but you're in marriage now. And my design is for you to have wonderful sexual intimacy. It's for you to really experience what I made sex to be.
3: So I was going to say, this is kind of taking it kind of broad, but I think a lot of women who grew up in the church, who are in the church now, have um, absorbed a view of themselves as less than or not as valuable as men. Um, and I think that's just completely the opposite of what Jesus taught by his actions and his words and his treatment of women. I think that uh, as Christian women, we are very valuable. Uh, We're as valuable as our husbands. And I think Jesus showed that by being a person in a very patriarchal culture, yet uh, showing his love and care for women. So I, I think sometimes women feel like I'm less than, my needs aren't as important, this isn't really for me, and uh, I I just don't think, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's what the New Testament shows us.
2: For me, when I was, you know, I was raised going to church, and, and about 10 or 11 when I started figuring out this sex thing, and the story of Adam and Eve in the garden, in my mind somehow I associated her sin with sex, that her eating the fruit was really them engaging in sex so i grew up with this in my brain and then as after we got married and i was trying to become super christian um i was still had a false belief that all sex was bad just i was internalizing wrong things but what what was the verse that said it all to me, two verses actually, Genesis 127, after God has made man and woman, he says, go forth and be fruitful, which basically go forth and have sex. And it wasn't until Genesis 3, 6, that she ate of the fruit. So sex was was a command before the fall. Sex had nothing to do with the fall. Sex was not the sin. And so once I flipped that paradigm in my brain, I started seeing all the other verses that I had taken as sex was wrong and seeing them that within marriage, sex is great. That was where my false belief was shattered.
0: I I think it's interesting that uh, none of us mentioned some of the ones that are typical. We didn't mention Song of Songs, which is still a great book to read. Um, The one that you hear a lot is uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 5 about what we owe each other in marriage with marital rights. Um, I will never use that one.
2: (laughs) I will never use that one. Really? Because for
0: low libido wives, that's beating her on the head, even though it's mutuality. Hold on, but i I think I think that the way people use it is the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, because and so because really, the very first thing is that that she has the right. Uh, before it mentions his right and all too often we act like it's his right and we just they just people mm-hmm. just focus on that Which but it is interesting that we didn't, didn't mention that because all of those things really also talk about the the mutuality of sex i mean that's the point of that the first corinthians 7 passage we walk away too many people walk away with the and therefore you owe me and that's not what the point of the passage the point of the passage is that this is a mutual activity in marriage that should be mutually satisfying too mhm but we just kind of didn't go there. We went to other things that really reflect God's whole design for relationships and how we, how that goes into how we treat sexuality. Yeah. I
2: had a guy on Twitter, pretty big sex therapist, unfriend me on Twitter because he asked me if I used First Corinthians 7 to motivate my wives with low sexual interest. And I said, no, I rarely use that because because of not it does it does talk about the mutuality but most mm-hmm. people don't see that they come away with what you were saying and i was
0: well top, I didn't, they, their experience has been the misusage of the passage and exactly. so immediately when they hear it they they tense up mm-hmm. instead of you know us looking at it afresh for what it really right meant to but this I person don't. unfollowed
3: you gonna... because you don't use that that way yes yes that's
1: petty you use oh. so many other verses but you don't use the yeah. And I have huh. to tell, tell you that, you know, my husband, during our difficult season, my husband tried to use that verse to persuade me that I needed to be having sex more. And all it did was make me feel more guilty, more like a failure. I'm, I'm glad you don't use that one and he doesn't deserve to follow you, Bonnie. And, you
3: know, not just <laughs> no. about sex, no. but no. when, when is the Christian life ever about claiming your rights? Yeah, but she There's, said, "Bam," yeah, you, know? you know. Yeah, it's mutual. That's identity. not to say people don't have rights, but I mean, as a as a Christian, that's not what the Bible tells you. You go out and get what's yours. Mm-hmm. You know, you insist on having what's due to you. That's never the way it is.
1: Mm-hmm. It's on us to give, not on us to require
0: mm-hmm. or force. Yeah. And and one of the things that I have said repeatedly is if your if your spouse is unwilling to have sex, that's a very reasonable decision in their minds. There is some reason why they are not wanting to have sex. And so you can you know beat them over the head about it, or you can try to figure out why and resolve the why. Mm-hmm. And that's the loving thing to do is not say, "Okay, well, I don't care what your problems are. You owe me sex." what, what, what can you imagine that with anything else? Well, I don't care what your problems are, but you, you know, owe me. if you me
1: don't promise. give it to me, then don't blame me if I go end up having an affair.
0: Or watching pornography.
2: So let okay. us all go on to that <laughs> one. We are
0: going to kill the myths and spread the truth,
1: y'all. <laughs> and we've been doing this for two years. <laughs> you go for another one.
0: Can you tell, you know what, the way we've sounded in this last little bit, it's like we hit our terrible twos. Domping <laughs> uh, my to make
2: more noise. Well, that's it for today, ladies. But we want to remind you to follow the podcast on iTunes. And also we haven't mentioned recently that we each have blogs. And if you want to know more about us specifically, you can go to each of our blogs. The links are on for Christian for Christianwives.com has links to all of our individual blogs.
1: Oh, and can I just do a quick shout-out to the um, couple who said hi to me in Minneapolis? We had uh, Julie Slattery on a few episodes ago, uh, and I mentioned that I was going to a Rethinking Sexuality conference that she was going to be at in Minneapolis in January. And a couple came to me, and they didn't recognize me for sure because I don't look exactly like my picture. But then they listened to me, and they recognized me (laughs) from the podcast. So I think their names were Doug doug and janet i'm not quite sure but you know who you are and i was totally weird about oh my gosh i somebody recognized me in public i just didn't know how to behave i'm really embarrassed and sorry, <laughs> really? but i'm so glad you came and said hi to me
0: oh i'm i'm always like oh yes that's me you want an autograph no i'm just kidding <laughs> not like that at all
1: oh,
2: wonderful that's a wrap. Thanks so much for joining us today on Sex Chat for Christian Wives. We encourage you to check out our website at sexchatforchristianwives.com where you can find show notes and links to resources. That's sexchatforchristianwives.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, please take just a few minutes to leave a review on iTunes so that others can find the show and tell a friend about us. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to reach out to new listeners. We appreciate you being with us today, and we pray that God blesses you this week as you pursue healthy and holy sexual intimacy in your marriage.